I love that old song because it tells us about what an amazing God we serve. He lets you decide whether or not you're going to serve him. I'm telling you, if I was God, you would not have a choice. But we serve an amazing Lord who loves us enough to allow us to choose whether or not we're going to love him, serve him. So as we're starting this year, we're, we're thinking about this Grace Point identity. We talked about who we are in the first week of this month. And, and then last week, we talked about what we believe, and I had that amazing privilege of going from Genesis to Revelation and, and just tracing God's plan of salvation, the, the centerpiece of all the scriptures and what is so important for us to know. And now it's time for the next question, where, where do we serve? And you might be thinking, duh, that's easy. We serve the Lord at church, right? Well, yes, but it's so much bigger than that. After his resurrection, during the times he spent with his followers, Jesus was focused on the mission at hand. And he spoke clearly about his plan for where we should be serving him and sharing his love and his grace. So Matthew tells about one of those meetings in chapter 28. Actually, it's the very last verses of his gospel, it's come to be known as the Great Commission. And it reads like this. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. I've been thinking about those disciples in, in recent days as I've been walking through my own grief journey. And it's been, uh, it's been amazing to think about what they went through. Because they were with Jesus one day, and the next day, he was dead. And then a few days later, he was back alive again. And then a month later, he got them all together and said, sorry, I'm going to be gone forever. I'm leaving you the Holy Spirit. And he ascended into heaven right in front of them, and he was gone again. And in the middle of all of that, Jesus was trying to drill down into his disciples that they have a mission. You'll notice I called that the Great Commission. And the root word, of course, of that is mission. In other words, Jesus has set every one of us as followers on a mission. And I don't know exactly how all of it correlates, but I do know that somehow we put these scriptures together and Jesus wants you to be on that mission. The first word of the Great Commission actually is go or maybe even better translated, as you are going. And it, it's Jesus' way of saying that he wants you to be intentional about living your faith. Don't assume that someone else is going to share God's grace with the people he intends for you to love and forgive 
and support and encourage. That's your responsibility. And so I, I don't know how the exact chronology fell together between Matthew 28 and Acts chapter 1. But we do know that in Acts chapter 1, we find an accounting of the last words Jesus spoke before ascending through the clouds to return to heaven. Listen to what he said on that occasion. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And in giving that instruction, Jesus created this series of concentric circles as a template for where we should focus our attention in sharing our faith. So I'm a simpleton, and, and I like to put things in, in diagrams. So here, coming up on the screen, is my diagram of, of Acts chapter 1, verse 8. That it begins in Jerusalem, and then it moves to Judea, and then it goes from there to Samaria. And the ultimate objective is for the message of the gospel to go all around the world. And that becomes sort of a template for us to understand our responsibility because sharing your faith begins with the people who are closest to you, the place where you have the most influence and the greatest responsibility. But that's not the only place for which you're responsible. As those concentric circles get bigger and bigger, your responsibility and your influence becomes collective. You must band together with more and more believers to have impact. So what we're going to do this morning is take that principle of concentric circles of influence and responsibility for our personal lives and think about what that looks like for each one of us in our lives of faith. Obviously, it begins with the places closest to you and then radiates out from there. And it also stands to reason that your most important focus, where you place most of your attention, should be where your responsibility and influence are the greatest. In other words, focus most on the smaller circles. But don't forget that you also have impact in those widening circles as well. And as they get larger, you need to join with others to multiply your impact. And that's why the Lord's made us part of the church. As I said a couple of weeks ago, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts, and together we can make a huge difference for the Lord. More on that as we move along. But let me take that diagram for Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and make it personal for every one of us. So it looks something like this. And in that smallest circle is your family, the people you live with in your home. And then in that next circle, it is your workplace, your extended family, your friends, the, the people with whom you spend more time. And then there's a larger circle that represents your church and your community. And just like Jesus called us, ultimately all of us are responsible to be world Christians, to, to understand God's call for us to go into all the world, as it says 
in the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28. So we're going to spend the rest of our time together this morning thinking about those concentric circles and our areas of responsibility and how they change with where they are focused. So let's start in the center of the bullseye with your home. It is the most important mission field any of us will ever have. That's the people you live with in your home. Because there's no place where you have more opportunity to invest spiritually. There's no place that's more significant for you to have focus. And oddly enough, sometimes it's also the most difficult place. How you live your faith in your home matters. And sadly, this world is full of people who have one persona away from home and are somebody completely different in the walls of their own houses with their own families. So let's start here. Treat the people in your home with love and respect. I I have a simple way to measure this. It's a question you can ask yourself. Do I treat the people I live with with the same dignity and respect I treat a stranger on the street? It's a a really simple question. Because you you can be kind to somebody you don't know. And, And I know what some of you are thinking. Some of you are thinking, you don't know the people I live with. And and sadly, often we give ourselves permission to be less than the best around the people who actually ought to mean the most to us. And and I'm, I'm aware that there's nobody like the people in your house who know how to push your buttons. And sometimes they even do it for their own amusement. Don't get caught in that trap. Choose to combine love and respect in your relationship with your spouse and especially if you're parenting with your children. Upon Cheryl's passing, one of the things I had several people ask me was what was her favorite Bible verse? And actually, that changed with changing circumstances. But I can tell you the Bible verse that she quoted to me most often. It was Ephesians chapter 6, 4. You know what that says? Fathers, do not exasperate your children. I heard that over and over and over again from her lips because she knew how important it is for us to have that understanding that the most important mission field any of us will ever have is in our own homes. So it starts with treating the people you live with, with love and respect. And then it moves past that to demonstrating your faith at home. The the members of your family will never be able to see Jesus in you unless they feel loved and respected. So you start there, but you move beyond that to practicing your faith on a regular basis with the people in your own home, praying with your spouse and your children. But it goes even beyond that. It's, it's 
Making participation in church a, a priority for yourself and for them. And it's finding ways to talk about the Lord. Comment about what an amazingly beautiful world he's created. Remind them to thank the Lord for the blessings that come from his hand. Go to him in times of need. Model a life that's devoted to the Lord. Because the old saying is true. Faith is more caught than taught. It's something that, that your kids will see in your life. This is how Moses put it in Deuteronomy chapter 6. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commands I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. In other words, fill life, especially family life, with conversation about who God is. Because your home is your closest circle of responsibility and influence. And that is your responsibility. Nobody else can do that for you. No one can fill the gaps for which you are responsible. And who you are at home matters. So don't make excuses. Don't blame others for what you need to be doing. And don't expect that in an hour or two a week at church, all those gaps can be filled for you. Because God's primary intention is for the faith to move from generation to generation because of what happens at home. No one can serve in your home like you can. No one can give grace to the people you live with like you can. No one can give the love your children need and your spouse needs like you can. So make it your purpose to be a purveyor of grace in your home. No more excuses. The next circle of influence includes your extended family, your friends, and your workplace. And, and, and how you live and represent Jesus in those relationships in life matters. Uh, it, it starts with your, with your extended family and, and your circle of friends. Are they aware of the level of commitment to Jesus you have made? Now, there are chances that they may be very supportive. But I also know a lot of family dynamics that if you really get committed to Jesus, they're going to think you're nuts. It's, uh, it's amazing to me how many times family members have come to me when somebody's getting more committed to Jesus and they've asked me to try to convince their loved ones to cool their spiritual jets. Do they know who they're talking to? I want to see people more committed to Jesus, not less, but You'd be surprised how many times family members or friends come to me and say, I'm, a, I'm afraid he's getting too religious. Or 
I know that this is just a passing fancy for her, and I don't want to get hurt. I, want, I don't want her to get hurt. I mean, they make Jesus sound like a bad boyfriend. It's amazing to me. So, so there may be people in your life who are close to you, but they don't understand the depth of your commitment. Don't let that define your faith. It, it is important for you to live your life of faith unapologetically in your circle of friends and in your family. And that doesn't mean you have to be an in-your-face Christian. At the same time, you need to be able to do it with great grace. There's this saying that's attributed to St. Francis of Assisi that may apply here. He's credited with having said, preach the gospel at all times, use words when necessary. I love that. Because it's who you are that matters most in those circles of relationship. And people may not understand, they might even make fun, perhaps they'll attempt to intervene, just keep living Jesus. And the result is that, that he will shine in your relationships with your friends and with your family, even though they may not understand what is the passion of your life. Your workplace also presents its own set of challenges. The pressure to conform at work is immense. Uh, first, be sure you are working hard. Because if people know that you represent Jesus, they are watching. And when you slack off at work, or when you're a constant complainer, or when you do the least possible to get by, that all reflects on Jesus. And it's easy to get caught up in the workplace culture that promotes giving less than your best. Paul said it this way in Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. I have my own paraphrase for that verse. It goes simply like this. It doesn't matter who signs your paycheck, you work for Jesus. And if you understand that, it changes everything. By the way, before we leave this circle, thinking about the workplace, I'd like to spend just a couple of moments talking about what happens around the water cooler or in the break room. It often centers a on the kind of language that you use or the conversations in which you participate. And, and, and there are some who tell you that you have to join the crowd in order to be relevant. But I want you to know what's most important is that people see Jesus in you. So do the wor workers that share your workplace know that you're a committed follower of Jesus? Uh, if they do, they will understand. Uh, they may even try to test whether or not you're truly a believer of Jesus by putting you in compromising situations. And, and your responsibility is to live with integrity. Please notice, I didn't say 
you must live perfectly. Because there's some people who think, if I represent Jesus, then I have to be perfect. And then the logic goes, I'm not perfect, so I'm not going to let anybody know that I represent Jesus. Please be aware that in their heart of hearts, people are most interested in, in integrity, not perfection. And, and when you blow it and you take responsibility or you apologize or whatever is necessary to live with integrity, Jesus shines. So please don't put that pressure on yourself because likely it will move you into some sort of cave where you are living your life of faith in a closet. Please know that God wants you to live with integrity, not necessarily to feel the pressure to live perfectly. And, and, and one more thing about this circle. Remember, at home, nobody can take your place. At work, you begin looking for other believers who have a like mind so that you can begin to share with them to find support and even accountability with other believers at work. And so as the circles get larger, we begin looking for more people to buttress our lives of faith and to help us have impact in the world. Well, time's flying fast. Let's go to the next circle, which I've defined as church and community. It, it really is the impact of the church on our community. And as these circles of influence get larger, we join with more and more people. So, so here we are now with a larger group who are on the same spiritual page and, and trying to have impact in our community. I said a couple of weeks ago that our name Grace Point should remind us that, that we purpose to be a point of grace in our community. And we do that together. Now, it happens through individual acts of service. It happens through big projects with, with which, which we co cooperate. And, and as that happens, the influence of Christ in our community grows. I've told you before, uh, my life is so good because when I uh, am outside the walls of the church and I'm talking with people around Galleon, you know what they do more than anything else? They thank me for everything you do. This is a pretty nice, pretty nice gig for me. You do all the work, I get all the thanks. It's, a, it's not a, a bad thing, but it, it happens with such frequency. And when it does, it's this great reminder for me that I'm a part of the church and together we are having great impact for the Lord. And it's not just us. We actually get to join with other churches in our community to extend the impact in this circle. For instance, we've been privileged to come alongside the Alliance Church and, and to partner with them in, in their creation of PB&J ministries. And one of the things we have to remember is that we are not in competition with other churches. We are on the same team. And for some reason, there's often this tendency to think about 
whose church is getting bigger, whose church is doing more, and we miss the point of what God asks us to do. He asks us to be a part of His church, capital C, because we definitely need to be a part of the larger church if we are going to meet Jesus' ultimate objective, the biggest circle, and that's our nation and our world, or as Jesus put it, to the ends of the earth. God has called us to be a part of his big mission to reach the world for him. And obviously, you can't do that alone. We can't do it here in our little church. Uh, we wouldn't even be a drop in the bucket of what God has called his church to do. And that's when our circle of cooperation gets even larger. And, and there's, a, there's a big temptation in this. When we look how, how small we are in the context of the mission to which we've been called, sometimes we think, I, I can't make a difference. I, can, I can't do it all. So I might as well do nothing. We, we're not solely responsible for reaching the world. For goodness sakes, we're not even solely responsible for supporting missionaries. We cooperate with other churches to get that done. But we do have a couple of missionaries that we support. Uh, their names are Connie and Corey Persing, and their ministry is in Thailand. And uh, they work mostly with, uh, with sex trafficking victims in that very, very difficult part of the world. And we also support Adam and Rebecca, whose last names we never even use because we are online, and they live and work and serve in a very dangerous part of the world. And if you'd like to know more about their story, I'd be happy to share it with you. Uh, when we communicate with each other, um, we call this place a club because uh, we have to speak a little bit in code uh, when we have our communication with each other, um, but we get a chance to, to, to support them in very crucial ministry in their part of the world. And, and, and maybe that'd be a great New Year's resolution for you to decide you're gonna support a missionary. And again, you're not solely responsible, but 25 or 50 or $100 a month is joined with so many others in other places to enable them to, to do their work. It's really quite simple. Just put Corey and Connie or uh, uh, another name, Adam and Rebecca, on the, on the offering envelope and, or on, a, on the memo line on a check and, and you can be a part of this huge task of reaching the world for Jesus. Or, or, or maybe You'd like to provide food and education for just one child through International Child Care Ministries. It's, it's such a simple process. Actually, I put the website in your bulletin so you can take it home with you. But for, for $38 a month, you can provide food and education and watch them grow up through letters and, and photographs. And you can pray for that child and ask God to be at work in his or her life. As you know, at our annual Christmas party, we support three kids. 
We just uh, bring $10 a piece in. We pull that all together. And, and Ingrid and Darwin's and Dave Mason have food and, and education. And, and uh, they have believers come alongside to bless their lives. In our home, over a 20-year period, we got to watch Hamoudi grow from a, a toddler into a, a man of God, supporting him every month. And, and uh, now we have a, a new young boy from Africa named John, and, and uh, his picture's on our refrigerator and part of, of who we are in our family. And, and let me mention one more way. You can partner with fulfilling this great challenge to reach people at the ends of the earth. And that's the way we partner with the church in Honduras. This summer, again, we're going to be taking another mission team, and you're going to be hearing quite a bit about that in the coming weeks. And, and, and maybe God is prompting you to go and be a part of that. Or perhaps he's prompting you to, to give support and care and, and prayer to those who are going because we're going to be building another church and, and we're going to be reaching children for Jesus during all of that time. You know, uh, Jesus wants you to think about your levels of responsibility and influence in the context of these concentric circles. Your first focus is on your home, your spouse, your children, the people you live with. And nobody can do that for you. <clears throat> but as those circles go further and further out, we have to join more and more believers to be a part of God's plan. And ultimately, we get to have impact in God's whole world. Jesus had it all worked out for us, didn't he? So where do you serve the Lord? Oh, it starts at home. And it ends in the entire world. What a privilege. Will you pray with me, please? Lord, um, help us to understand how you have mapped this process out for every one of us. Uh, there are parts of our lives that nobody else can do for us. There are other parts of our lives where it's our responsibility to join with many, many others to accomplish your purposes. And, and you want us to see life across that whole spectrum. So where do we serve? We serve in our homes. And we serve to the ends of the earth. Thank you for that privilege. Help us to live it out, we pray. And go with us now in Jesus' name. Amen.
All right, and welcome back to the Galleon Grace Point podcast. Um, so before I kind of talk about the sermon, um, I wanted to say a couple things. So last week uh, I had Coach Dave Sheldon on from Colonel Crawford, and um, sorry, I'm going to turn my mic volume up a little bit. Um, it got me thinking, just in case uh, someone knows someone that's got a good testimony or a good story or uh, honestly just wants to to relate to someone and put their story out there, um, get a hold of me or anybody here at the church, Pastor Paul, Kim, Scott, anybody, um, Jeannie, Jay, whatever. Um, I'm more than well, more than willing to have anybody on here. They don't have to necessarily be a, uh, a member or a, uh, a frequent visitor of this church if, uh, I mean, Pastor Paul says it all the time. We are all uh, members of the church, <laughs> you know. So anybody in, uh, if anybody's got a great story, um, I'm also open, um, kind of working on the logistics of it right now. But uh, if they don't live in the area, doing uh, an interview on Zoom or uh, FaceTime, you know, however many different apps there are for that, Google Hangouts, whatever. But yeah, if you know someone that's uh, got a, a, a good story or good testimony or they just want to share something in general, uh, I'd love to have them on. Um, so uh, if you could, encourage them to come on, tell them to check out the podcast, hit the follow or uh, subscribe button and uh, hear all these wonderful sermons and uh, these interviews for this season anyways of getting to know everybody. Like I said, next year is going to be more of a Bible, a group Bible study format. So um yeah, like I said, uh, just wanted to throw that out there because I, I enjoyed doing that. Um, I enjoy talking to everybody here, and but it was a nice little mix of talking to someone and uh, kind of not knowing the. I mean, I knew Coach Sheldon obviously, but not knowing their faith story. I mean, most of the people here, you know, I know where you go to church, and uh, most of them, I know uh, how they came to church because a lot of the stories have been the same. You know, uh, the first sermon touched them so much here that they they came back immediately, but. You know, we're in this Grace Point Identity series, and uh, this week was Where Do We Serve? And uh, you referenced Acts 1-8 a lot. And I, I think the thing that really influenced me the most out of this sermon was, you know, kind of Pastor Paul's diagram he put up there of, you know, where everything starts. You know, it starts with your family, it starts in your home, but then it just spreads out into your workplace and your your extended family and then to the whole world. And... I, it kind of hit, it kind of hit me, you know, he said it in the past and past sermons where, you know, the annoying person or the person you don't really like showing them grace, but, and you know, there's two different ways to look at, you know, showing them grace, but there's also trying to spread the word. And I'm, I know without a doubt that you can make an influence by spreading the word of Jesus, the word of Christ to coworkers, even there's going to be ones. I asked Pastor Paul in the first uh, podcast, like, you know, what if I've, I've tried and they just don't want to hear it. And he said, you know, then you've done your part. They, some people aren't ready right now, but uh, honestly, one of my coworkers that I never thought was going to be ready called me one day. I think I even mentioned on here, he's like, you're going to be proud of me. I'm going to church this weekend. I'm like, I am dude. And then, so he goes to a different church. He's uh, over in like the Plymouth uh, Shiloh area, but Mondays at church, you know, he kind of discusses what his sermon was about that his pastor preached. And, you know, I say what pastor Paul did. And uh, so I actually kind of hoping at some point I can have him on this podcast and kind of talk about his journey and everything. But that was, that was really, you know, the, the part to me that really stuck is just spreading it out there and, 
reaching out in your workplace, your community. I mean, this church does such a great job with the community. You know, the, the free oil changes for single moms, grateful givers, uh, compassion in action, the vacation Bible school, countless things that we do, small groups that anybody can join. And so, A, I'm just really proud of this church for doing that because, you know, everybody in here has got the same mission. They're keeping the main thing the main thing. But then you go to the world, and, you know, I, I for everything in this uh, sermon, I've got a great guest this week on, and Scott Tinemeyer. Um, he's a teacher. He does uh, the worship team here at church, small groups and everything. So um, I want to welcome Scott on here. And then, uh, you know, before we get into the interview part, just kind of ask you if you had any uh, additional comments you wanted to make on the Pastor Paul's sermon. Yeah, it was great. I liked St. Francis's um, quote, and he put it in there. Yep. I was getting ready because he was talking about it, and it made me think of that. And I'm like, oh, this is a great quote. And then he puts it. I didn't, <laughs> yeah. I didn't read it ahead of time, the, the notes, and there he had the quote right there. I know. I did the same thing. I was like getting ready to write it down. And then as I was like finding a gap, I'm like, oh, wait, like, as you can see right here, I put stars <laughs> around it. <laughs> right. And I thought that was a great one. And, um, you know, if you want to read that, what it says on... Yeah, the, absolutely. Uh, for those who didn't... Yeah, yeah. So, uh, preach the gospel at all times. Use words when necessary. St. Francis. That's right. So, <laughs> and that's uh, really true. Is Your servant heart is just doing those things for others. And um, one thing, I'm kind of going back to, with uh, when do you share your faith or when do I do that? Um Back in college, I did a wonderful study about the will of God that really changed my perspective um, about that and knowing God's will. And one of them was that God is always at work, always. Mm -hmm. We may not see it, but when he reveals it, that is our time to act upon it and join God in what he's doing. He's doing something when he reveals when, and where do we see that revealing? When your friend starts talking about something religious, any kind of religious, yeah. that is from God, yeah. he's working something in them. And yeah. that is, when you have a friend that says something to you, that's his call, God saying, hey, I'm working in him. It's my call for you to step in yeah. and share. And so that would be it. And that has always really stuck with me. And so when religious talk even starts talking that's god kind of working in there cuz worldly they they wouldn't be talking if right. if god wasn't working at it right then but he's right. always at work and we don't know until those times and when he reveals that that's our time to step in yep and god's will to my join my time to come in and shine <laughs> <laughs> well for him to shine that's yeah, right right exactly <laughs> that's right yep. so no and I, I think that's right and i i wrote this down separately and like i said i was i was kind of running out of space for notes i wrote this on the back of the sermon notes and to add on what you said don't live he said this don't live your life of faith in a closet you know let it shine don't don't keep it private put it out there you know not everybody is going to want to hear it at that time like i said my coworker didn't want to hear it when i wish you know getting act more active in my faith. And so he didn't want to hear it. We're, you know, we were still buddies. We're still talking sports and everything else. I just didn't bring it up. He knew what I was, you know, he knew what I was about. He knew what I was doing. He knew that I was active in my faith and he, he knew that I was changing things in my life. You know, he was, you know, one of those, uh, drinking buddies back in the day. And I told him like, that's just not my thing anymore. And so, and also I can say that the other, uh, the other day we were talking about something. He's like, yeah, I, I actually haven't really been drinking lately and i'm like awesome this is great so it's working in people's lives just those those little things and it's really really crazy and uh 
before we uh, get to the interview and get off the sermon and everything, um, it doesn't uh, necessarily like directly uh, um, come from this sermon, but I listen to a lot of different uh, podcasts. I've said that many times on this show, you know, Unashamed, Duck Call Room, and and all that. But my my wife kind of turned me on to this uh, this new one called uh, Social Dallas. It's actually a church down in Texas, and uh, the pastor's name is Robert Madu, and she sent me this series. The first one she sent me was called Money Talks, and it was on tithing and everything. And it wasn't just right on tithing. And it was, it reminded me a lot of Pastor Paul's sermons, you know, where Pastor Paul's, you know, he doesn't like to talk about money in the church. And that's, this is what Pastor Madu was saying. And, but it was the second one that really hit me. And it was talked about untapped potential and how many, how much potential people have, but being able to use it for the right things. You know, he, he brought out a comparison about, uh, you know, Michael Jordan and he had so much potential and he maximized that potential. And then a couple years later, after Michael Jordan, there was a basketball player named Len Bias who was drafted number two overall by the Boston Celtics. And then two days after he draft, was drafted, he died of a drug overdose. And he was l- widely regarded as like the guy that was going to come in and challenge Michael. You know, he was he was going to play on the Celtics with Larry Bird and just was and it, it was kind of, you know, he's preaching to adults, but it was a message really like, you know, my son heard it and he was like, you know, what's this? And just maximizing your potential, but, you know, make sh- making sure you're doing it, A, in the light of the Lord, and B, for the right things, period. But to continue on with this thing, um, he had this other one that was talking about um, not comparing yourself to others. And I've touched on that on this podcast a lot, you know, in the day of social media and just online period, you know, people are looking online and seeing like, oh, this person has this, this person does that, this person's body looks this way and my body looks like this. Um, And he, he had this like verbal illustration that stuck out to me that was so like, I called my wife immediately and was like, the way he worded this was so incredible. You know, he was talking about how, um, the evil one, Satan, he, he, he hates our body, you know, and you know, he touches on sexual immorality, sexual immorality and all that, but Satan hates our body. And he's like, you know, think about it like this. What if every other person around you looked like one of your exes? He's like, that's how Satan feels. God created you. God created your face. He created your body. So when he looks at you and he sees you, he sees the Lord. And so he hates that about you. And I was like, man, I've never thought about it that way. It was, it was a pretty good, uh, it was a pretty good illustration. So if you get a chance to listen to that, especially like, I feel like high schoolers and to college and just young adults period can really get wrapped up in that. I need this thing. I want this thing. I can't live without this thing. This person has that thing. I need that. And run your own race is basically how he wrapped it up. You know, run your own race. Don't be looking over your shoulder to see if this guy's coming up behind to pass you. Run your own race. Use all of your potential. And then that potential, it can increase. That's what potential is, you know. Like you you start right here and you come up here, you know. These fourth (laughs) graders playing basketball at the game you were at the other night, they've got potential. They're nowhere near their peak. So it's incredible. But, uh, um, yeah, I I really liked I'll send you a link to that when we're done. I've really been into that. I listened to four of his sermons today, actually. I was was in the the zone. zone. I was. It was awesome. Yeah, so I said – Well, one other thing with that that I wanted to share, too, that sometimes – you um, and Pastor Paul talked about that people are watching you. Yeah, all yep. the time. Yep. And I didn't really realize that until when I first came here. I was in the 
Cedar Gate Apartments. I lived there. Yeah. Um, and uh, a, a neighbor had moved in, and I just did my thing. I I was at the time a youth director at Peace Lutheran, and um, I had a cross on my door, but. I mean, and I had people in and out all the time and we had Bible studies and I had kids coming over all the time. So no, I don't really know. I never did talk to this person directly, but I remember they had this big wild party one night Yeah. and I walked by and I thought they were talking to me or hollering at me or something. I'm not, wasn't sure. I just kind of ignored it. I, when I think I was doing my laundry or something then I was taking it back and I don't know, I don't ever remember having a conversation with this guy. All of a sudden, one evening, he comes over pounding on my door. I'm thinking, what in the world is he doing? He comes in. He starts to apologize to me. And I'm like, for what? For what yeah, man. exactly. <laughs> he said, oh, me and my friends, we would make fun of you all the time. Oh, jeez. I didn't even know they were doing that. <laughs> right. Yeah. probably a good thing. <laughs> right, exactly. But, you know, but it was like, what? Because they were making fun of me being a Christian. Okay. And he had just became a Christian. Okay. And he felt convicted, and he came over and wanted to apologize. Yeah. Well, not, you know, of course, I was like, oh, that's no problem. Well, right, yeah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> yeah. And, but it was really cool, and I, that really makes me think, wow, people are watching you, and you may not even know it. And right. You don't have to say any words, but yep. they are watching what you're doing and stuff. And so that kind of that was something that also brought to my attention uh, during the sermon and with what you were talking about yeah. too. So, you know, you just don't know who's watching you. And so you need to be connected with God all the time. And um, well, and they're going to see your flubs too. Right? Oh yeah, so absolutely. We all fall yeah. short. Yep. And so. Well, it kind of goes back to just, uh, you know, the kids, the kids uh, hymnal and the, the, the hymn, you know, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. That's right. <laughs> and eventually right. they're going to see it. Yeah. That's right. So uh, I already introduced him, but uh, we've got Scott Tinnermeyer on here this week. Um, he's a teacher at Colonel Crawford Local Schools in the elementary. So I guess technically Hannah Crawford Elementary does some small groups here, does a lot with the youth, is in the... Uh, in the worship team. So, you know, Scott, uh, Scott's familiar with the podcast, you know, we were talking about it earlier and, uh, the whole format of how we go and everything. So Scott, give me a, give me a little bit of your early life growing up. He's wearing a shirt right now that says, uh, planted in Ohio with Ohio, uh, with Iowa roots. And so, uh, let's, uh, let's start there. <laughs> That's right. So yeah, I was born on a farm in Iowa and, uh, grew up, um, my family, uh, raised me in church. I re- remember being baptized. I was baptized as an infant. Well, not really an infant, a toddler, I think, because I okay. remember the day. I remember it. And this is why I haven't re- got re-baptized. Yeah. Because I re- remember, even though I was really young, I still remember the water and it okay. touching my head. And I was thinking about it. I have that visual of yeah. that and knowing that God, and God really protected me and kind of, I, I felt like that because of that, he was with me all throughout my grade school years. Um, I was kind of known as the church boy. Okay. I tried not to get in a lot of trouble, and right. I tried to do the right thing. But um, of course, I was ornery. So, but um, n- probably not in public. But I was at home. <laughs> right? So. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> but yeah. So my they raised me in the church, um, but I didn't really realize about a relationship with Christ until I went on Life eighty nine. Okay. It is uh, through Alliance Church. They have a big youth conference. Okay. Um, 
the what, Free what, Methodist Church does it as well too. They get they gather together and have the youth gather every four years or so. Okay, and what so, age was that? At? Uh, this was been my freshman year freshman in high, year high school. school. Okay, and I went with a friend of mine. Okay, from school, he invited me and. We went uh, to Colorado State. Okay, that's where it was held on Colorado State campus. And my oh, awesome. um, my uncle was a professor there, so I knew family out yeah, there. So it was all like connections, yeah. right? Um, but that's where the Lord really uh, revealed Himself in a personal relationship way. Um, the pastor that I talked to, I felt like we were in this big coliseum with thousands and thousands of people from all over the United States and in different countries too, and. The speaker was talking, and I felt like he was talking. I thought he knew my life story, <laughs> right? Was, like talking right to me, and I thought, "Oh my gosh!" And he had a like a, almost like an altar call or a time to just commit yourself to to Lord. And I went down, and then the next night, like they had another one like that. But I was like, "I need to make sure." Yeah, so I went down before, and but there was a pastor there that talked to me, and he put my name in John three sixteen for God so loved Scott. Okay, and made it so personal. There we go, personal that way. And so I always love using. John three sixteen in that way to other people. Yeah, put it your name in there, not yeah. just the world. Put your name because good. he I like died for you. Yeah, and so that became so real. And um, at that time, that is where I accepted Christ. And from then on, I got really active in my uh, youth um, ministry at my home church. Um, we had a great Bible study on Wednesday nights that we came together, and really it was a big support. It's yeah. like a small group. Yeah, and we did life together. I mean, we did a lot of things together and that was a really big support in my life and helped me grow in my faith. Yeah. And then I went off to college and that was even my bigger growth. That's where I really started to learn because it can be the opposite a lot of times too. So yeah, that's right. Well, and my youth leader said, you know, you know, if this is important to you, you need to seek it out. So I seeked out, the other Christians. I yeah. was looking for different ministries on campus, which our campus, I went to the University of Northern Iowa. Okay. And it was called the Teacher School in Iowa. So um, I was going to become a teacher. And um, and so on that campus, they had many different campus, uh, that campus crusade, and they had, uh, I ended up uh, being a part of a few of different ones. Okay. Um, and, uh, but, kind of knew all the, all the Christians on camp on campus and yeah. I kind of was like that I like to kind of unite us together yeah, absolutely. And, and not just be like oh it's you're in that group or you're in this group right. but um so I got to meet a lot of friends and I grew so much I mean like I said I had that bible study by Henry Blackaby um and I can't remember the title of it but it was about knowing and doing God's will I think is what it was called that really changed my life <clears throat> um in terms of understanding who God is right and the names of God and and how he reveals himself in different ways Mm -hmm. and so um so I really grew in my faith there and got involved in ministry leadership and ministry um but I still was doing teaching and um it wasn't then till I went on a missions trip my first missions trip was with in college and we went down to um New Orleans um for their second biggest holiday. Do you know their second biggest holiday down there? You know their first biggest holiday is would be... Mardi Gras. Yes. Okay, well, let their me think. My sister... Um, so they're currently in Texas, but uh, my my brother-in-law was uh, a rescue swimmer in the Coast Guard down there. So, oh, okay. So, you know, obviously, you know, 
because Mardi Gras kicked off by Fat Tuesday, right? Um, oh man, she's probably going to kick me for not knowing this because she's she's well, all think into of all that. Another holiday that may have lots of parties and lots of drinking and lots of. I'm guessing New Year's. Well, okay, that's that's a good guess. Okay, okay. <laughs> it's St. Patrick's. Ah, okay. St. Okay. Patrick's. Yep, yep, St. Patrick's yep, Day. Okay. Which we'd think it's kind of it's the French Quarter, so you'd think French, not Irish. Ireland. But yeah. anyway, anyway <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I learned that down there because it was jam packed. Okay. And we were there to do street ministry and i had never well you weren't down on like bourbon street doing <laughs> we this were, oh geez we were right on bourbon street oh wow <laughs> and i could tell you you could tell evil versus the light yeah but it was like even though the evil was all around us i mean it was we even had an encounter here i'll share with you in just a second but even though there the darkness was there i mean the presence of god yeah was there and i had never done anything like this before i'm like what am I supposed to do? I'm, right, I'm a yeah. kind of a new Christian learning and growing. And I'm like, I'm supposed to be sharing this stuff. And we had these little tracks we handed out and we yeah. ran into people that lived there and they threw them on the ground. They said, you know how many of these we get every day? <laughs> right. And, uh, but then we did talk to some people, but it was one incident that we were walking home and we had, we all gathered together and we were with a ministry down there already. So they knew the area and they would trained us and yeah. kind of knew the area. So we weren't, totally by ourselves. Okay. Um, but we were all gathering back together because we went out two by two and and came back and we were all together and the, it was the very last person we were handing track to and it was actually the pastor of the church who was doing it and this guy grabbed it and he was like, hey, how are you doing? This guy grabbed the track and looked at it he dropped it. Immediately changed in his perspective and he said, get away from me! And it was like total evilness. Wow. And, he's, and we're like, hey, you know, we're just here to share God's love. You know, we're not doing anything to you. Yeah. He's just like, leave me alone. And then <laughs> he was leaving, but we were going, that was the same way our church was at. Okay. And so he thought we were following oh, us. Oh, geez. He breaks a bottle, threatens to kill us. No kidding. If we came any closer. Wow. But we're like, hey, we're going to our church. Yes, it's it's over then, here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, but I mean, the name, of, and all he did was, and it said, Jesus loves you on the track is all it said on that. But when he saw that, the name of Jesus, it was like, it snapped. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. And so you could tell the power of Jesus. And that's where I, <laughs> right. I learned the power of Jesus' name in that incident. And being a college student and experiencing that, I was like, whoa. That had to be terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was. But yet, then we had a time of great worship afterwards. Right. And what God had done. And, yeah. And stuff like that. And uh, so that was an interesting experience. And so from then on, um, I was able to do... Each spring break, I would do a, um, a missions trip then. Another one, I went to Tennessee and worked at a children's home Okay, um, down there. And uh, and then we were called to a missions conference while I was in college. Okay, And when I went to that conference where I found Christ, this conference was similar, to the, but it was for missions, a call oh. to missions. Okay, And I felt a call that God called me to missions. Yeah. Where, and I said, here, God, send me wherever I want to go. Yeah. Wherever you, not me, right, wherever right. you want yeah. me to go. And that was a kind of, I didn't know what I was praying because I was a naive college kid. <laughs> right. I didn't realize, okay, then I'm thinking, what did I just pray? Right, yeah. Where am I going? So that year, he takes me to Egypt because I ended up student teaching in Cairo, Egypt. Really? Okay. And he takes me, um, let's see, let me think. Let's see. Yeah. 
yeah, Egypt there. And then that summer I went to Australia and was on a um, singing group um, through, Carp- it was called Carpenter's Tools International. Okay. And so I was a traveling band, which had been my, one of my dreams yeah. to be in a band and, and sing. I'm not the best singer, but I wanted to be a part of that. And God provided that in a way that I never knew he would. And we got to go around youth with a mission was the ministry that we worked with in Australia. Okay. And we went to different schools. We sang songs, invited them to a night concert, and that's where we could preach the gospel to them. That's awesome. And then reach out to kids uh, in Australia. So I got to do that. So within after that prayer, he had sent me to Egypt, to Australia, and I'm like, where am I going? Then Ohio. <laughs> okay, yeah. Oh, so this is how I am. <laughs> yeah. This is where it comes. So God was saying, call to Iowa. Actually, um, it was, I had finished my, um, I had graduated. I, I'm sorry, I think I messed that up. I went the summer before my senior year to okay. Australia. Okay. It was Australia. And then I did my student teaching in Egypt and I graduated mid year. Okay. So I didn't get a teaching job right away, right out of college, because it was mid year. It was hard. I mean, not many teaching jobs in the middle of the year. Yeah. And so I went back to my home and I worked with my uh, youth group. Okay. And I was being one of the leaders and yeah. kept the Bible study going. And, and then someone said, hey, have you ever considered youth ministry? Mm-hmm. Why don't you come and check, go up with us this weekend to this retreat and think about being a youth minister? Yeah. And I said, okay. So I checked that out. So then I felt God calling me to do that. And I went back to my home church and they said, hey, yeah, why don't we, why don't you pursue this? And so they have, it was Tent Makers uh, Youth Ministry, and they uh, trained me to do youth ministry work. Uh, it was a seven-week training in Minneapolis. And um, I was trained there to do youth ministry, and I was going to go back to my home church. But in the seventh week of the eight-week training, I guess it was eight weeks, uh, my church called and said, we are not going to hire you okay. for the youth ministry. So then I'm like, I had a what conflict. I, I said, now? okay, <laughs> God, what are you calling me to then? Right. And that's when he called and had an opening at Peace Lutheran Church here in Galleon, Ohio. Okay. I had another place in North Dakota as well that I was, uh, they had an interview. So I went to both different places, but ended up coming to Galleon, Ohio to uh, be a youth director at Peace Lutheran. Okay. In town. And so I was there for a while um, and about four years there and worked with area. We got together the gym, the Galleon Youth Ministries. Yeah. That's what we called it. Yeah. And I worked with other uh, youth directors. And that's where I met um, Nelson Blount. He was the youth director that Pastor Paul had hired here. Okay. At the time. So I knew Nelson. He worked here. I knew of the church a little bit. Yeah. And so. Um, we were doing all that kind of thing. And then, um, it came to a part, uh, my pastor retired there. And so I was without a pastor. <laughs> there was no guidance there for a while. Right, yeah. And, uh, they rehired someone who had a change in direction with okay. the church. Okay. And so I was wondering what I was going to do next. Right. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, okay, well, I was trained to be a teacher. So mm-hmm. is that something that I should be doing? Cause I was youth minister but i also did subbing okay at, off the side so right a tent maker like paul was a tent maker so he made tents to support his ministry as yeah. he went around okay and shared so that's where that camp comes from tent okay. makers, and so that was their whole 
premise. You get a job yeah. to kind of help support, and the church could pay what you could to you. But right, right. You, your main ministry is with the church, but you still did stuff in the community. And right, stuff. exactly. And so that's kind of the whole premise of that. And so that's what I was doing. And uh, but I decided, well, maybe God's calling me to full time teach. Okay. But I didn't know where. Yeah. Like, was it here? Was it back, back in, in Iowa? Iowa? Yeah. And I did have set up some things. And at that time, my friend Julie Trocht at the time, she was uh, a good friend of mine, and she had helped me at Peace Lutheran with some of. She was a teacher, a middle school teacher at Bucyrus at the time, and she helped me with a the youth ministry there. Okay. And um, she help me get my resume together right. and help me kind of send it out around to area schools here. But I also sent it out to Iowa okay. and I had, um, an interview, um, set up here at Bucyrus. Okay. And that's where Julie worked at the time. And so I interviewed there, but I didn't know if I needed to go back to Iowa and I had some there. So I I went to Iowa. Well, and uh, not to interrupt, no, you know, right. uh, like a couple episodes ago, uh, episodes ago uh, yeah. um, Amanda was kind of talking about she subbed for a while when her and Josh graduated. Right. So was it kind of similar, um, you know, uh, job-wise, were there a lot of openings or was like, you know, getting a full-time teaching position like kind of difficult at that time? At the time, it was not widely available. At least I didn't know of any. Okay. Really. I yeah. just kind of put out my resume out there to see if anybody did and Bucyrus is the only one that contacted okay. me and so um, I had set up the interview with them and did the interview and then I, I said well I'm going to Iowa and I have like three or four interviews there so I went back and none of those panned out Okay. so I thought okay I guess I'm going to be staying in Ohio back to the and so I State. grabbed all <laughs> of my teaching supplies yeah. back with me uh, uh, and uh, ended up coming back here and took the position at Bucyrus and uh, taught there for 20 years yeah and so um, so that was a pretty cool thing and that was such a neat thing too of how what happened there um, they had said well you have this job I had to call them back and said do I have a job and they're right. like well yeah yeah we're gonna recommend uh, the, them hiring you. And I'm like, Oh, okay. But I was going to be working with someone Well, I'd never met the person. I didn't even know. And here comes to find out a real good friend of mine, B Becky Godfried. She ends up the first time I contact her and say, Hey, we're going to be working together. We start talking. She goes, Hey, are you a Christian? <laughs> and she says, me too. And I'm like this dark cloud that kind of had been over me. Cause I wasn't sure what where am I supposed to be going right yeah. now? Am I supposed to be going back home? Am I supposed to right. stay here? Because youth ministry was kind of felt like it was wrapping up. Yeah. Um, it ended up being a big, bright, like the dark cloud removed. I'm like, okay, this is where God wants me to be. Yeah, absolutely. And it ended up being since I uh, stopped the youth ministry at Peace Luther and I was kind of looking around while I knew of this church. So I came to visit once and you had said, the one time, it was one time in December, I still remember it was talking about us, us being a gift. Okay. And Pastor Paul gave us all little bows to put on. Yeah. And that people would ask, well, why are you wearing a bow? And you could talk about the greatest gift. Yeah, absolutely. And so that was his message that day. Yeah. And that just impacted me. Like you've been saying, all these people who've come here, it's like that the first message, one. That yeah. first one. Yeah. And I was like, okay. So I started coming. 
And I was kind of reluctant to like get really involved because I just left a church ministry yeah. and I still was in town. I just felt sad because I had, I, but I didn't feel like I could go right. to the church there and it'd be the same. And, and you were kind of like, you know, uh, just kind of surfing around trying to, is this going to be the one do I, am, right. is this where I'm going to plant my roots or am I going to try this one down the road or, you know, exactly. Bucyrus, I teach him Bucyrus. Maybe I'll try one over there, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, but when I came that one time and I thought this is where God's calling me. So I'm going here and eventually Nelson says, Hey, why don't you help me? Yeah. So I ended up starting helping with him and then he ends up leaving the church and the kids kind of said, Hey, Scott, why don't you jump on board? And yeah. pastor kind of asked me and, um, and I had prayed about it and said, yeah, let's do that. So, um, the year I, uh, became a youth director here, it was also the same year that I proposed to my wife, awesome. who was Julie, that friend of mine that sent out resumes yeah, who helped absolutely. me get the, um, that was a Job really good year. <laughs> uh, it was an excellent year. Yeah. And so then my wife and I were married by Pastor Paul here. Okay, awesome. And so yeah. it was an awesome. We He helped us get through that because we were both kind of shy about getting taking that next step. Because yeah. we had been on our own. Both of us had been on our own for a little bit. Right. And so taking the next step. So Pastor kind of just pushed us on to... Yeah pre-engagement counseling there we go which then led to <laughs> marriage counseling. right yeah. yeah and all and that rest was history but it was thanks to pastor paul and but actually pastor paul and his wife cheryl they've been such a blessing to us um with their example of being the couple that they have been yeah um throughout all these years and so um we grew a lot as a couple from their example for sure as well. So well, just uh, having a marriage that's centered around Jesus and centered, centered around faith period is it's, it's a gift that unless you have it, you don't understand. Exactly. Like, you know, I'm not saying you can't have a good marriage without it. Of course, there are plenty of good marriages out there that they're not active in their faith. But when, you know, from my, my own example, like we had a great marriage before we were really active, but the difference, you know, when you can sit and you, you can talk about the word with your spouse and, and it just, it, it trickles down to so many things in your life, you know, just not only your marriage, your friendships, your parenthood, like it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a remarkable gift that, um, it's, it's irreplaceable. It's, it's not comparable. It really right. isn't. And exactly. Yeah. It, it, it's been awesome. Um, but yeah. So you, you said so that so was like 2001. Yep. 2001. So, and yeah. that's where I started ministry here. Okay. And, um, I was also teaching though full time. Okay. So after I quit Peace Lutheran, I did get that job, um, at Bucyrus and I had been teaching full time. Okay. And so I was teaching full time and then doing youth ministry, and I did that for about four years, and it was <laughs> one Wednesday night, and I'm just talking, and the kids start laughing. I'm like, what are you laughing about? And they're like, you just said this. And I'm like, what am I saying? I'm like, I'm so tired. Yeah. I was like, I don't even know what I'm saying now right. because it was just so funny. They're, I'm like, oh, my goodness. And I was getting ready to do my master's okay. and go into uh, some more some more schooling. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know if I can do all of this. And so that is at the time that I asked pastor about maybe, could I just step down? I'd still like to be a part, right? Yeah. help out, but not 
be the lead the, of it in charge and right yeah. and so um and that was the best blessing um and you know it was a great god timing for genie to step in there yeah absolutely and, um do that and then that gave me open things to and of course you see i keep myself pretty busy so yeah, absolutely yeah <laughs> so there was not you know yeah. there's other things i could do but it did help me um because it was like teaching and then i was teaching again and i know I, kim said it too yeah. and Jeannie, that they kind of left teaching yep but ministry is like teaching yeah and amanda and yeah yeah so, oh amanda too that's yeah. right that's right and so it is like that so i was teaching twice like right was like right right teaching at school and teaching here yeah which was not bad because i loved the kids and yeah. it was great seeing them and I, I mean amanda was man and josh yeah they were in my youth group yeah yeah so i got to see that we got to see that <laughs> i think it was a super bowl sunday there's the one that janet jackson Ah, uh, oh yeah, yep, yep. yep. Uh, and we were having youth group at our oh, house. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, <laughs> it geez. happened. But um, my wife was teasing them the other day about. Feels like it was almost like a retro, uh, record scratch uh, <laughs> moment. Like, uh, all right, guys, uh, go grab something to drink real quick <laughs> while we figure out how to address this. And uh, I think it was that night that my wife said are Amanda and Josh a thing, a couple or something? Okay. <laughs> and so um, I think she was just mentioning that the other day yeah. about that. And that was the time. <laughs> Thanks to Janet Jackson, we have a time and, <laughs> right. time and place to know when Josh and Amanda yep, exactly. were starting to Absolutely. build that relationship that they still have today. I'm sure so. they're going to love that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But, yeah, but it's so cool to see them walking in their faith. And, and so so neat to see a lot of my youth growing up and um, just walking in the faith. And even the ones that I had at Peace Lutheran. I mean, yeah. I don't know if you know Dale and Tammy White. I, I don't. Okay. Um, but they came, when I switched, they were real, uh, they were one of my leader families okay. in Peace Lutheran. And they um, then kind of followed me here. And then I'd love to hear their testimony about yeah. how they got connected in here. But they have four kids, and they were all in my youth ministry okay. as well at Peace Lutheran. But seeing them grow up, uh, Brian White and yeah. his family and Ashley. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. I know okay. Brian. Yeah, yeah so yeah. you probably know yeah. Brian. Yeah, yeah. So Brian was in my okay. youth ministry. was at my at the middle school retreat that my wife and I took kids on okay yeah i got to know him uh we were working on the uh the house uh over oh, the yeah. summer uh, awesome. together over there doing some painting he's yeah. a really really nice guy so um, it's really cool just to see the faith and and their faith yeah. growing and yeah. it's really cool well so. and i kind of i kind of mentioned that to you know the other teachers that have been on here like it, you get the added bonus of you know you're a fourth grade teacher at Colonel Crawford right now. So you've got them in fourth grade and you're going to see them in the school for here, you know, years on out, but you're not going to have that connection with them. Like we're here. It's like in, you know, children's ministries to youth group, you're watching their faith develop and, you know, bloom exactly. over all these years until, you know, and, and not like it's the final moment, but like, you know, I see how teared up Jeannie gets on the graduation service, mm -hmm. you know, because it's like, right. oh, no, <laughs> like, because you almost feel like they're your own kids right, at that right. point. Yeah. You're letting them out of the nest. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but it, but it's cool because you see most of them stick around. And yeah, I mean, maybe not most, but a lot of them stick around and, mm -hmm. you know, then have their own spouses and children and everything. So exactly. it's, it's kind of something that, you know, full time teaching at a public school, or just a school in general can't can't afford you can't right. give you so 
Yeah, so you know, you you step down from full time children's ministries. Were you already in the worship team at that time, or did that come later? Uh, that came later after. I don't know when it came. I'm trying to think. Was I doing that as well? They had asked me. I know Pastor Jerry at the time, and so he came at the same time we got married. So in 2001, he came on board. To, staff as an associate pastor and they he ran the him and his wife helped with the worship team and at that time I think it was maybe a couple years later so I must have been still doing youth ministry too but um, they'd asked me to play guitar and I learned guitar I I always wanted to play guitar but um, wasn't that musically inclined Um, but uh, someone a lady from India, when I did youth ministry training, okay. she sat down with me and showed me three chords and said, you can do it. Okay. There <laughs> and you then go. gave me a chord book and I just learned chords and just kind of played that way. Yeah. And so I, I've kind of taught myself and have kind of learned, but you know, I'm not, I don't have that musical intelligence. Mm-hmm. Like Dan has a musical intelligence. It's okay. really cool. Yeah. That he can pick something up and, or just, he'll say, just play this. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how to do it. Doesn't that. work that way, Dan. <laughs> I'm not you, Dan. <laughs> no, but he has a great. That's an awesome ministry or a, a, a talent that he has. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, but I don't talented. have that as well. But I love music, and it inspires yeah. me. And uh, worship music has always been a contemporary Christian music has been a thing. And how I got involved with that was through way back in high school my youth leaders took me to a Degarmon Key concert yep. for those people who know Degarmon Key the old time I hate to say old time but um that old time band uh, the reason he's saying that is cuz he asked me before we <laughs> recorded this we were chit-chatting you know uh we jokingly said cuz we sat here I was like all right we're going to get started and then we sat here for about 20 minutes and <laughs> talked and then we got onto that topic and he's like are you familiar with them I'm like no I'm not <laughs> so that's why he's saying it like <laughs> that old time <laughs> but guess who opened up for them it was DC Talk. Janet Jackson. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. He was, yeah, right. Yeah. That would have been awesome. She would have been saved, right? right? Yeah, That's exactly. Right. No, but it was DC Talk, and it was when Toby Mac was just, just a young, out. yeah, just starting out, real young kid. Okay. And I fell in love with Christian rap. It was okay. the first time I had yeah. even heard that. Yeah. And I didn't listen to a lot of rap. Right, right, right. Um, I listened to a lot of records yeah. growing up, and it was kid records. Yeah. And I didn't really hear music on the radio until I was in sixth grade. Okay. And then, but it was that Christian rap that I was like, wow, this is really cool. When you listen to their first album, it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of cheesy. Kind of corny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, but at the time, I was like, wow, that was really cool. And that really got me into it. And then I had a, um, my fresh, freshman year in college, uh, my roommate um, that I had, I had two different roommates. We had shared a room. There were three of us in a room. And uh, he was into Christian music and he introduced me to lots of different ones. So then okay. Stephen, Stephen Curtis Chapman was another famous one. And I almost got to sing and rap on his at his concert i won a oh, contest yeah. all right and by rapping on the radio okay and i could have then done that part 
in his show. That there was the go. contest. Oh, but can we I find that, that somewhere? There's got to be. There's got to be a file or a, I don't an old know. cassette tape I don't know. somewhere. It was back in Cedar Falls, Iowa. Okay. So All right, I'm I calling it, tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even sure what the station was at the time, but I was so pumped to yeah. try to wrap that and try to get on stage to be with Stephen Curtis Chapman. But um, so that was pretty cool, and and so just the the love of music and the worship music, I just fell in love with. And so it was just naturally to come right on to youth ministry or into the worship team. And when they asked me to play the guitar, yeah, I had to really practice a lot because I, I wasn't too familiar with that. Yeah. And then it wasn't until later um, when David was here, he switched me to the bass. Okay. And so that's a little bit easier, although I don't know how to do the big I can't slap the chord. Yeah, yeah, all the I can be I can do a bass solo. Yeah, I know they keep trying to let me do one, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like I don't know what to do. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so I'd have to learn some more about that. But uh, there's always something I can learn. You know, lifelong learner. That's why I tell the kids. There we go. We always are lifelong learners. We're always learning something new. But anyway, um, that's how I got onto the bass, and that I've just just kind of stuck with the bass then. Yeah. Awesome. You got so good rhythm to it. I like uh, like the oh. like the rhythm to it. All right. It's well, good. thank you. It's good. So when you know you said you you taught at Bucyrus for twenty years. When when did you actually move out to Colonel Crawford? Awesome. And yeah. and, and also like why I guess if you exactly. were at one place for twenty years. Yeah, yeah. It was. Um, it had been. Gosh. So when was COVID year? Twenty twenty. 2020. 2020. Yep. So it was the 2019, 2020 year. Oh, that was your first that school was my year. First school year. Okay. So they are now eighth graders, and I get to go with those eighth graders to DC. There we go. In the spring, and I'm going to tell them, hey, I didn't get to have my spring semester with you. So yeah. I'm coming with you to DC. That's awesome. My cousin uh, Crystal. Um, so I don't, I don't think Noah Metzger is my cousin. I don't think he was there in fourth grade. I think he came in fifth. No, maybe fourth, but anyways, he'll uh, he'll be on that he'll oh, okay. be on that trip. So awesome. yeah, that's uh, he's actually my my godson. He's uh, I call him my nephew because my cousin Crystal and I are like close in age and more like brother and sister. Right, so like right. it, it's because and then he's closer to Brantley's age. So it's like. <laughs> How do I do? I really want to go through explaining this whole thing to everybody. He's my nephew. Okay, okay. so <laughs> that's how we go with. But yeah, she'll be on that. Too. Oh, right. oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. And so it was the year before, and I was um, having. It was a very one of my really rough years, but it had started four years before. I had started to see a big change in kids, and I loved teaching. I'm in the profession because of kids. Yeah, I love to see them grow and encourage them and inspire them. And even if the work environment, like the coworkers, maybe we didn't get along always or whatever, that didn't really necessarily bother me as yeah. much um, because my focus was a lot on the kids. Right. And, um, you know, and so, but I had great coworkers um, there too. It just, but you always had your issues throughout the building or maybe administration or something right. like that. Um, because all schools kind of sometimes have those kind of things, but uh, it, the kids were the one thing, but it had started about four years before in 2016 that I started seeing a big difference in the kids' behaviors, their needs, and it all became almost so much, and it was so overwhelming to me, I couldn't meet their needs at all. Right. And that last class, I couldn't even teach. Okay. Because the needs were so much, they tried to, they needed help 
with so many things right. besides teaching besides what we were trying to teach right. that they would disrupt my lesson yeah as much as possible screaming i mean one time i remember that that commercial calgon take me away i i was <laughs> i was like it kind of was like god take me away <laughs> yeah, from it, this um because a kid <laughs> just hit somebody in the face and ran out of the room i had kids screaming we're not doing this i'm like what is happening and it just kind of was so overwhelming and i felt so hopeless yeah but as i talk about in christian educators my testimony in that is that i kind of took my eyes off of christ i was focusing on my surroundings and what was happening around me and yeah. like peter did yep. with jesus and jesus told him to walk in the water and he got out and he started to see his surroundings right. and started to sink. That's exactly what happened to yeah. me. I I was just getting so overwhelmed by my surroundings. Um, with I, I just didn't feel like I was getting some help that I needed. And the kids just needed so much help. And I felt so overwhelmed. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't. T- I'm not a good, effective teacher anymore. And so... I'm like, I just want to quit. Right. And so I told my wife, I said, I'm, I, I'm going to look for something totally different. I want to get out of education. I don't want to be here anymore. And she's so, like, why don't we try something, a new place? I right. Said, no way. <laughs> Not unless it's the same thing, fourth grade, teaching the same thing, ELA, social studies, but closer to Galleon. Okay. And, and that, boom. <laughs> and boom, the Lord answered that prayer. And my wife showed me her prayer book. This happened, I, I didn't get the call until July Yeah, from Mr. Martin Right, that this position was open. She showed me in April, she'd been praying specifically for Colonel Crawford position. Really? Wow. That was her prayer journal. Uh, that's, that's incredible. <laughs> and so we knew this was, again, God calling. Absolutely. And so it was a big change. Uh, it was something that I needed. I needed yeah. that change. I needed the refocus. I needed to step back, refocus, um, get back to letting but God. Pro- but probably easier to refocus with a fresh start, too. Yeah, yeah. And it does help with that. Yeah. And so that was awesome. And um, so it's been an awesome change, too. I miss my colleagues. I miss the families that I developed, yeah. friendships at Bucyrus. But I still have some of those going on, which is cool. And I get to see some of the kids. I mean, the kids who are seniors this year, I had them. They were one of my favorite classes. They, a lot of them, Malachi, who yeah, just yeah. just did that great uh, scoring yeah. at Bucyrus. Yeah, that yeah. I was real proud of him to see yeah. that. But I had him in class almost. I thought I broke his arm one time, giving oh, him a high, high, <laughs> high five. I thought, oh, no, not oh. the time he was playing football. I said, I don't want to break the kid's uh, The quarterback's arm, arm. yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. Because we were hit each other high five so hard it was yeah like, whoops i still remember that moment but yeah he was a really good football player too yeah yeah and so that's the group that i had okay. one of them that i had and um but uh it's this year's freshman was my last one over Cyrus, and then eighth grade is my first year colonel crawford okay so that's where i'm at and and so the lord's really good and then it, that's kind of led me to christian educators yeah and i had always been in christian educators I kind of went that route instead of going with union, uh, like doing uh, going with education union, teachers union, teachers unions and stuff. I'd heard that there was a a separate that dealt with your faith, but also gave you the support, the resources, uh, and um, legal financial uh, stuff. And so in college, that's where I became a 
educator. Okay. Or a Christian educator. Yeah. I, I joined that instead of joining the union. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in Iowa, they would let me. In Ohio, I had to, at the time, before the um, the Supreme Court came in and ruled, the, uh, ruled differently, that I that they couldn't make me be in the union, but I had to be a fair share person Okay. in Ohio. And which is fine, and I, I gave my money to the local unions, yeah. which did a, does a lot of work yeah. for contract stuff. Yeah, and yeah all which that. was all yeah. great. But um, this one, it wasn't until this well, I started getting involved, and they have a new director now, and he's really getting connected with um, getting teachers connected and um, with one another, but also just getting connected. How can you share your faith out in? The public schools. Yeah, that that and was so. kind of kind of be my next question is, uh, you know, because it is a public school. You know, there's there's certain lines you're not allowed to cross, and uh, so how is it? I, I guess the question is, how do you approach that, or is it more or less like you kind of put it out there, like I said earlier, you know, where you put it out to a friend, and if they're not responding, you let it go, or do you just let the students come to you, or kind of how does yeah, that work? Yeah, you can't say anything specifically, Okay, but if a, if a student approaches you or asks you questions, yeah. you are more than free to answer their questions, right? just like a fact, right? right? Yeah, yeah. Yes, I am a Christian, this is what I believe, and also the, a great way to get into your faith is by re- by studying. Yeah. And so you can study different if you're studying different religions. Yeah. Which is part of a lot of the state standards uh, around the, the United States is that they do different standards and one of them is the different religions and Christianity of course would be one of the major world religions. Yeah. That that's where you can be able to share um, your faith in that or teach about that as well. Um, but you can do it through uh, stories, um, through poetry. You can use the Bible as a reference as well as if you're using other references. So there's different ways. And, and so Christian Educators is there to help uh, Christians who are in the public schools navigate that so they can live their faith out in the work. They don't have to leave Jesus out of the school. Right. And so that is, and that has been um, this director's mission um, here and has really promoted, and they've started some um, groups to help promote that through Lift America. That's where they you gather together to just kind of uplift um, teachers who may be in the in the trenches. That, yeah. That I felt like when I was in Bucyrus, I was down. And right, out, right. And I was like, I needed something to get me back focused. And so that's what the lift is. And then an awake. So that's more your kind of acting as what you needed at that time is what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and, but they offer those things. So these are different resources that Christian educators um, offer to public workers in the schools. Um, uh, Awake is another one, which we've had in the summer. It's more of a workshop that's really geared to helping you focus and how can you live that faith out. Right. So it gives you tools and training and it starts by first focusing with you and Christ. Right. The relationship. Yeah. yeah. And then leads on to then it's kind of like the centers. Yeah. Starting with you yeah. and God first yep. and where are you at and then working your way out. How you can expand from to there. Expand yeah. To, yeah. And so um, and then the other thing that they had that I was then invited to, you have to be invited and 
is a leadership training kind of, it's called the summit. Yeah. And because we had put on the lift and I had taken some rain with that, um, they had invited myself and Heather Thompson was another one who had um, helped with uh, getting us started here at our church. Um, They had asked us to come to this leadership summit this past summer. Okay. And so that gave us some more, even more training Yeah, and learning more. I mean, I've been a member. I told them I brought, even brought the 89 (laughs) newsletter that they had, that they used to send out. And I said, yeah, I've been a member for a long time, but I've never been active in terms of right but that's because i didn't know all the resources they had yeah and now they're getting it more and more out right um especially when they see more and more needs of students mental health issues um the demands that are mandates or that are coming from states that are now contradicting our faith okay and how we handle that yeah um telling us that we have to teach a certain thing that we may not even believe in. Right. And so um, more and more Christians are experiencing that and they're needing more and more right. resources. And right. I think that's what's happening. And so we're trying, and that's why Awake is, they're trying to awaken yeah. um, the public school workers. And it doesn't have to be just teachers. I mean, it can be administrators, nurses, anybody that works in the public school could be a part of this too. It's just to give them resources and to help. And basically, the first thing we do is just pray. Right. Yeah. They pray with us and yeah. say, "Hey, let's how start we, there." Yeah. yeah. So that's pretty cool. So is that um, <laughs> is that similar to the small group you do here for the Christian educators? Well, this was the first time I've done a small group with okay. Christian educators. Okay. Um, Pastor Tony had just asked if I would like to do something for them to just see if there was any interest in that. Okay. And so I just kind of said, "I'm sure." Yeah. I, I it's not something they did. It's something that we just kind of did on our own. And I right. said, well, I can get, hand out resources or share what resources. And, and we did some, um, topics. We started with what can we do and what we can't right. do and right. what's the legal realms. Yes. And then we went on to some bigger issues like, um, teachers being fired over saying different pronouns mm-hmm. of, and, and person and identities. And right. how do we handle as teachers, kids who are changing their gender identities and how do we as a Christian deal with that? And right. so there was a couple of um, trainings that they provide plus they have resources for teachers to kind of walk through and mm-hmm. kind of help them with what to do with that right. in a way that's not, well, first of all, a legal way, right, right, but right. also a way that is going uh, to promote be life-giving right yeah speak truth into yeah, them, these yeah. people's lives absolutely and not, not lies not, like discrimination right, right. exactly yeah. absolutely so he mentioned the lift america thing it's in the bulletin this week but i you know i'll, I'll, I'll kind of read it off here um there is a qr code in the bulletin um is it on the website as well the a link to that I am not for sure. Okay, um, if they put that on there, but okay. if not, Kim, let's put it on. Yeah, the let's let's get it on there on the Facebook page. <laughs> but uh, it says an upcoming event for educators on February 18th from 5:30 uh, to 8 p.m. We will be hosting a Lift America gathering designed to encourage, inspire, and strengthen teachers. To register, oh, there's their website. Visit our website, ChristianEducators.org/lift-gatherings, or scan the QR code in the bulletin. If you have questions, call the church office or ask. Scott. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So Which I may or may not have the answer. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There we go. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess as you were you were talking about that, it just it, it kind of popped up as a random question in my head. So in 
so you've been teaching for 24 years? Yep. 24 years. This is my 25th year. Okay. You're in year 25. Mm -hmm. So from when you started, so 89 to 2024, have you seen like a a shift or an increase or decrease in Christianity in the students in school? Like, I'm sure there's ups and downs over those 25 years, but like compared to where you started to where you're at now, have you seen a a shift or maybe you're seeing a slow increase or decrease? Um, I guess just kind of just genuinely curious as to if you've seen any, any You know, I have, I have not. I mean... I would know who the Christian students were. Right. And um, and so I would have that. But, you know, the opportunities they have now are more. Right, right. So like with LifeWise Correct. or um, after-school programs. Yeah, Young Life. They yeah. have, yep. Um, giving those opportunities for them to right. express that yeah. in another way. Because they didn't really have that um, when I first started. Um, at least that I knew of, I didn't know of any, and um, they just had their own church thing. So they'd go and do their church right. on Wednesday nights or Sunday nights or whenever they do it. Right. And then, um, and I would just kind of know just by w- what the kids talked about and right. stuff mm-hmm. um, through that. But it's now seeing this year, especially because this is our first year with fourth graders being in LifeWise, because this group has started LifeWise in Crawford. Yeah. I have noticed a lot more conversations. Good. Like some of the kids brought their Bibles out for recess. And we have an extra recess on Fridays for those who get their work done. And some of them, they couldn't, they didn't have the equipment out. We don't take the equipment out because yeah. it's 15 minutes. So they just, they said, well, there's not much to do. So we're just kind of, we're bringing our Bibles yeah. out to read. I'm like, okay. All cool. right. So I got a chance to say, well, what are you reading? And, and hear that and just them talking about what they're learning in life wise, yeah. the conversations are more yeah, yeah. than just, oh, you go to this church and this is what you, you do. You believe now in you, God. Yeah. Right. And and this is what I did at my church or yeah. whatever. And so now I'm hearing other conversations. And so I've heard that a lot more this year. I bet. And just because of LifeWise being involved in that yeah so, just even hearing um, like Brantley's peers and his friends like they it genuinely seems like they all love it and not just because they're getting out of school like right, obviously right, that's an exactly. incentive to any kid but right they they genuinely enjoy it like they Brantley's always telling me you know what happened at LifeWise and everything and it, uh, I, I'm not even sure of the instructors names there but uh, they obviously do a great job I've, I've met them you know because you kind of sign up for it when you go to the right. first open yes, house yes, and stuff yeah. in school right. and you know they're hollering at Brantley and they're like, oh, are you going to sign them up? I'm like, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rhonda is their teach main teacher. Okay. And I worked with her. She was a teacher at Bucyrus. Okay. So awesome. I worked with her. So I know her and she does yeah. a great job with yeah. it. And I know she has a passion um, to have the word of God in yeah. the, these kids' lives. So yeah. it's really cool um, to see that played out. And then they have the opportunity to have a little bit of that each yeah. week in in their in their school in a life. school setting yeah. so it doesn't have to be separate right it doesn't have to be okay well i go to church and this is my life there on the weekend right right and then i come to school and this is my life here yeah and but it will play a part and then i know with crawford they have young life yep and and so that in the middle school and high school and so that could be a play that kind of is just there and yeah kids need that because 
there are so many temptations and oh, so many absolutely. things out there as, as and we kind of talked about that at yeah. the beginning yeah. that kind of pull them away or right. we need oh I need this or I need to be in this group yes or, exactly and then if you've got that group of kids going there, they're going to be more likely to, A, talk about it, like you said, take their Bibles out on the extra recess when there's exactly. no equipment and everything. And B, you know, when it when it comes to young life and youth groups and stuff like that, like, you know, it's not like it's just like this gr- small group of kids. They all did it. They've all experienced it. You know, they're all hearing the word. They're, you know, LifeWise is sharing the gospel. And, you know, a uh, conversation we had before we started recording, you know, we're kind of talking about how there are kids out there that, you know, back to, I was talking about, you know, the untapped potential earlier in that podcast. I listened to so much potential in some of these kids I see in so many ways. And it's like, you know, I, I can think of an example of a kid that's like, if someone just like shared the book of Matthew with him, you know, and like how life changing it really could be. Like, I feel like it could be a light bulb moment for some of these kids. And I think LifeWise is doing a great job with that because, I, I think, you know, I've, I've talked about the bravery of some of these kids. You know, I mentioned mm-hmm. it before, like when Grady with baptism and stuff. Right. And then like, so to have them all in a group like that and this not be just like these kids go to church, these kids don't. They're all experiencing it. And, you know, I'm sure LifeWise feels the same way. But if it, you know, leads one of those kids to Christ, then it was a success. Right. But I, I think it's going to do a lot more. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. So, well, and God's got he's working things out with that. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's growing and, and that's really the whole reason I asked that question about, you know, the seeing the shift or the difference in those 25 years, because, um, it, it just feels to me like more families are showing up and even questioning and, you know, getting those introductory steps into finding their faith. Um, you know, I, I talked about my coworker, but you know, there's even family members that, I just, I never thought like they'd even have the slightest interest. And then my wife will say like, so-and-so, you know, was kind of asking me about this and I sent them this and I'm like, really them? They did like, that's <laughs> awesome. That's, <laughs> I love to hear that. So uh, I, I, I don't know what the, uh, the, uh, the timing is or anything and you know what it's doing. Maybe I, I kind of attribute it all the time when I talk to people is, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of doom and gloom in the world right now, so maybe, maybe, uh, maybe Satan went too far. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> like, maybe, maybe he went too far in uh, imposing his will here on Earth, and everybody's like, I don't, I don't know about that. I don't like that. Let me, let me. Some people seek. thought killing Jesus was going too far. Yeah, but God, <laughs> yeah, used it. For great, right? Absolutely. So, absolutely. There you go. Yeah. No, I just, <laughs> I've just noticed it. Like it's, you know, you, you can sit and focus on all the negatives that are going on in this world right now, and you know, you just, you look up anything on on Google, and you can find which way you want to see it, positive, negative, whatever. Right. But it, yeah. to me personally, and you know, maybe I am just naive, but it, it does seem like more people. And I and I've noticed it with people my age that maybe they're not taking the the actual step through the door yet, but just the thought that's in their mind, like maybe I should go to church. You know, just people have asked me, "Hey, when does when's Grace Point services start? Do they have uh, a children's ministry, a youth group, you know, right. etc." And so I'm like, right. okay, so people are starting to get at least inquisitive to to maybe make those steps right. in. And said, again, like I talked about that Bible study, when people start to talk that, that means God is moving in them. Yeah. And that is a time to, God wants you to join him in yep. his work 
however it is by sharing what's happening or right. doing this podcast. I mean, you are an answer to prayer. I pray in every Sunday, especially when I'm up on the worship, first of all, for the worship to be impactful for everybody, everybody who steps in this, into this place to be, feel God's presence yeah. and to open their hearts to hear what he has to say. But also my prayer is that the Holy Spirit would just move in people. Yeah. And I know even with this podcast, he put that in your head and that thought and, and I appreciate you taking that faith step because we have, so once he calls us, it is that faith step that we have to step out. We may not see that bridge there in front of right. us. It's kind of like the Indiana Jones. You didn't know he had to step out on yep. there before that bridge would be shown. Yep. Um, and so um, you took that step out. And my other prayer is that we would be seeing more testimonies of what God's doing. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> we have been seeing that through this podcast too. Yeah. I mean, there's other things. And that's why I had like Heather share her testimony yeah. about what happened uh, over the summer. And I know Chris Cassie talked about their experience and pastor. They've been interviewing people there. Yeah. But this is so cool because when we hear people's testimony and see what God's doing in people's lives, yeah. it's just amazing to see how he's working. Well, I appreciate it, man. I mean, that was, it was just, it genuinely was a calling that I, I felt it. And that moment, like I hadn't even really thought it out yet. And I called Paul and I was like, Hey, what about this? You know, I, you know, what if I, what if I was to put the sermon online and then I hadn't even really thought about like what the interviews were going to be. And I'm like, and then I'll just talk to someone because <laughs> that was kind of thing. And, but I'm really glad I do it. I mean, I kind of expressed it in the last podcast, like there when I was sick in uh, November and December with the, I think I had COVID. I'm not exactly sure, but you know, my, you heard my voice it wasn't good. <laughs> and like was missing. And then with all the holidays and Christmas and everything going on, I was like, I miss being up here. Like I genuinely enjoy this. I like, I like getting to know more about, you know, we've had conversations at church and at sporting events and everything right. but getting to know someone on a more intimate level and knowing their faith and knowing their origins and it's it's just really really it's I, I i truly enjoy it i can't say it enough like i you know i was on the phone with nate this morning we normally you know have our morning phone calls right. and i'm like dude i'm just excited to get there and record the podcast tonight like i awesome. i enjoy it you know it, it gives me a reason to re-listen to the sermon you know i kind of said i take something more away each time you know exactly. you know it's a different feeling when i'm sitting right there in the third row to when i'm walking around on my mail route like you know what was going on in my head Sunday could be different than what's going on in my head on Tuesday. And, and then so are you putting different. it into practice? Right. What, you know, just hearing it. Yeah. Cause that's my, sometimes yeah. I'm like, am I doing what I'm right? I know it, but yeah. am I doing it? Yes, <laughs> right? exactly. And, and, and that's, you know, like I said, I, I, I beat it to death on here that I listen to a lot of different podcasts, but, and I think the reason I do is, you know, I, I constantly, you know, you've heard me, you know me, I, I love sports, but I was constantly listening. Like I used to listen to kind of a shock jock show in the morning and then sports show after that. And that's kind of what consumed my day. And I was just, I felt like something was missing. And so, you know, I said, I listened to four sermons from that guy today. <laughs> and it was just cause I was like, that's just what I want to hear right now. Like 
I don't really have a good way to describe it. It's not like, you know, it's just something I'm trying. It's just what I, I feel like I'm I'm needing. And uh, it's almost like a thirst, you know, thirst for more. <laughs> like, and, you know, Pastor Paul is, you know, one of the best pastors and the best preachers, period, that he can really find a way, you know, like you said, where uh, a sermon feels like it's spoken right to you and he knows your entire life. And mm-hmm. then so finding more people like that and just... I don't know. It's just been, it's been kind of a cool task. And, you know, it goes back to the whole marriage thing too. My wife's the one that sent me that. And so like, that's a discussion we have is like, Oh, did you know, obviously we're going to talk about our sermons here, but then, you know, she'll send me like, Oh, this series is really good. You should listen to this. And then you're having conversations about that where, you know, instead past conversations at this time of the year, because the Steelers are always eliminated, will be like, yeah, I wonder who they're taking in the first round in April. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Brantley and I are still having those convos every day, but, but also adding on, you know, reading from the Bible each night with them and discussing that on a, on a deeper level. And it's just, it, it, it's really been awesome. And it's it's been great to have you on here. Um, it's been awesome. I appreciate the uh, the kind words about the podcast. I'm gonna kind of uh, uh, man tongue tied. <laughs> gonna try to continue uh, keeping this going as far as uh, having this this passion because uh, it feels like a fire that's nowhere near being put put out yet. Awesome. I, I'm enjoying it, and awesome. uh, I appreciate what you're doing for all of the. Uh, all of the kids at school, um, you know, I, everybody that I talked to, you know, I said, oh, you got Mr. T, you know, like I said, some of Brantley's friends and everything. And um, just the conversation we had before that and the passion we share for, you know, kids that they they didn't grow up or weren't, they didn't, uh, they didn't come into the world with the, the luxury and the the same gifts that everybody was given from their parents or their circumstance, I guess circumstance would be the better word. And so we kind of share that passion and like, here's a kid that we can affect. How can we, how can we make sure that this kid doesn't end up just a statistic and ends up, you know, living a, a great life. And, so I look forward to working with you on that because I think with uh, between coaching and you teaching, we can kind of bounce off each yeah. other. You know, you can shoot me a text that's and be right. like, hey, you know, this kid on your team, I noticed this today. Like right. maybe check in on him, you know, because yeah. that's another thing is, you know, c- sports are an extracurricular. So I'm not held to the same exactly. uh, same standard exactly. and same defined lines like, right. you know you got to go to school. You don't have to play football. So, (laughs) you know, (laughs) so there are some openings there. So that's why when I heard that you and Nate were both going to kind of do that, I thought that was, I was really excited about that to be able to coach there and to be able to, um, share your faith through that I'm as really, well really excited that, for the passion it. of football and passion of christ yeah and getting uh like i said uh the guy that really put the most amount of faith in me even though i wasn't active in the church at that time he's the guy that like i aspire to be in coach tech and having his son come on you know he's not going to be able to be there all the time he's actually following in his father's footsteps goes to mount vernon nazarene awesome. um he's on the track team there so he's going to be home for the summer he's going to help up help out when he can but just even, you know, if I can get 5% of some Coach Teglovic <laughs> in the program and in my coaching staff, then it's a success because uh, the guy was a man I'm, I'm among men. I, I love him to death. Uh, you know, sh- last week, Sheldon said it perfectly when he was he was a living disciple of Christ. Mm-hmm. Just great guy. And uh, 
with that, I guess I'll ask uh, my final question. I always ask everybody uh, the best uh, advice that you could uh, that you could give or you have been given. Uh, so take I have it a away. couple things. Okay. So one awesome. is from my father-in-law. Actually, okay. Okay. he says this: that um, what will be will be. Only time will tell. Thy will be done. Yeah. So when we're in a circumstance and stuff, that's something that he told his uh, daughter, my wife, and then that's what we've been. That was what my wife would tell me <laughs> when I was going through st- stuff. And yeah. then that's what we're kind of telling my son as well. And so that's what popped in my head when you're talking about advice. I'm like, yeah, that's good advice. And my other one would be my life first. This first is the one that pastor used for his sermon on his Thanksgiving sermon. Okay. First Thessalonians 5, 16 and 17. You know, be thankful. Um, oh, now I'm going with a blank. Um <laughs> Be joyful always, pray continually, and be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And so uh, to be joyful always doesn't mean that things are always going to be happy, happy. I mean, you choose joy, Yeah. right? And joy comes from Christ and knowing him. And so even in the midst of all that circumstance, and just like, I mean, sometimes I think if I would have kept my eyes on Christ would I be in a different spot and would I be still be teaching and be Cyrus? Um, I know God had different plans or opened up doors yeah. for me that de- different ways. And, and maybe he would have had me do something else there too. Right. But yeah. I, I always think that, that too, but uh, you know, to keep your eye on Christ there. But anyway, first Thessalonians five seventeen awesome. sixteen seventeen. 16, 17. So. Awesome. Well, I love it. And thank you again so much for coming on. I mean, wasn't even a question. I, I shoot him a text, and he's like, "Yeah, man, I've been listening. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> yep. Yeah, love and, it. It's uh, been an answer to prayer. I, so. I, I truly appreciate it. Um, before we get out of here, I'll kind of mention the upcoming things. Um, so, normal uh, Bible study times uh, for Wednesday, um, 10 a.m. and 7 p.m. Um, reading through Revelation. Last week was really, really good. There was a lot of good discussion. Um, I actually think w- Paul probably intended on diving in deeper and maybe going in through some more verses and into the next chapter. But uh, a lot of open, good um, discussions there last uh, Wednesday. So if, and you know, Tony said it at the beginning of these small groups, like you don't have to be at every one of them. If you can't make it all the time, trust me, I got little kids. Like I, I would be here all the time if I, if I could, there's times where I'm here for four weeks in a row and I'm not here for two weeks, you know, things come up, but if, if you get a chance, just pop in. Um, it's, it really makes you think when you've got a big group around like that, you know, everybody else's interpretation and ideas from it, it's, it's a really cool conversation to have. So if you can stop in on one of those, if you're interested, definitely do it. Uh, it it is a lot of fun. Um, this Saturday is the compassion and action grocery delivery. Um, they're going to meet Saturday at 10 a.m. in the Save a Lot parking lot to purchase and deliver groceries to local families. Um, so if you have any questions, just uh, contact here, uh, anybody here at the church um, and try that out. Um, yeah, I do that okay. too sometimes yeah. awesome. with, when I can. And yeah, yeah. My family does that. So that's always been an awesome thing. And, and, and sometimes it's just knock. You want some groceries? And sometimes we get into some conversations or awesome. get a chance to – now I'm stepping out and – Asking for if they have any prayer requests. So yeah. That's a, that's a next good idea. Uh, faith yeah. step for m- myself. That's a but good idea. It's a kind of neat thing. Yeah, yeah. It sounds really neat. I, I'm, I'm actually going to try to make this one. Uh, I, I actually don't think we have, like, I get uh, 
my, I, I, I'm on a weekend rotation, basically my days off change every week. And so the way it fell this one, this is my weekend off. And then I took next week off. So I'm going to try to do the compassion and action on Saturday. And then I finally get to go to the men's breakfast on February 3rd. I'm so excited about it. You know, my, um, Tim's always, Hey, you know, breakfast this weekend. I'm like, I'm sorry, buddy. I got to work. And it's just never, you know, cause I, I use most of my, uh, vacation weeks during the summer too. Cause that's when we're camping and stuff. So I get to go to this one and we get to bring our spouses to this one so a little valentine's day day it'll be really cool but uh that's uh, and then of course you know we already talked about it but uh the lift america um, north central ohio gathering february 18th right here at grace point 5 30 to 8 p.m doors open at five um ten dollars and one other thing i wanted to mention about that um and you might want to chime in because you you had sent me the link to have rochelle spread across her school so sure. if there's any other educators or just you work in a school uh setting period and you want more information or you want to get it out to them uh probably reach out to you right to sure get that. yep yeah. yep um we also have I have most of the stuff by um, links, okay. so you can share stuff through that. But uh, I can print off some flyers. We do have some flyers that you can um, pass out to other people. But yeah, we want area schools. Anybody from area schools? And again, it doesn't have to be just teachers too. Anybody that works with kids in the school system um, is more than welcome. I mean, because um, janitors, um, you know, they're always working with around kids and being and having interactions and they could see how they could live out their faith in the school system as well. Yeah. Um, administrators and anything like that. So it right. doesn't have to be just teachers when you hear Christian educators, um, it sometimes thinks just teachers, but it's not just right. teachers. So. Right. Yeah. Perfect example. My wife is not a teacher. She works at a school. She is, a um, in occupational therapy and, she was immediately interested in it. You guys had a conversation about it, so uh, I sent her that link, and I think she spread it around her school. Um, Madison now also has um, uh, LifeWise and all that, and that's why I said that it's growing. It's awesome. And <laughs> she, I think I mentioned it on here before one time, but when it started this year, I believe, was the first year, and like maybe like the first or second, probably second week of school, I would assume, and she was doing therapy with one of her students, and she was going to get them for therapy, I believe, and the student goes... <sighs> This isn't going to make me miss life-wise, is it? I'm not missing that. So, oh my God, hey, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> but before we get out of here, um, I want to thank you all again. Um, thank you for listening. Um, like I said, if you've got someone out there that you want their testimony shared, um, let me know. Give them my number. Um, have them. If you don't have my number, um, find me at church and I'll give it to you. Um, I probably should put it on uh, the board actually for the signups for this. That might be the next idea. Or um, you know, Scott's got my number. Pastor Paul, Amanda, Kim, Nate, anybody you see around here. Hey, do you have uh, the podcast the podcast guy's number? If you can't remember, it is Zach. <laughs> actually, at the uh, adult uh, Christmas party, we we're sitting there and. We were sitting uh, with a, a group of women, and they're like, now, who are you? And I'm like, ah, oh, my name is Zach Wyrick, and I'm just talking. She's like, the podcast guy. And I'm like, yep, that's it. That's me. <laughs> so if you just want to refer to me as the podcast guy, I'm good with that. I, I am. If that's my identity here, I'm good with it. I, it that doesn't bother me. But uh, before we get out of here, I just wanted to uh, leave with this. I wrote this at the bottom of my sermon notes, um, just some words that Paul said, and I, I wrote it at the bottom because I purposely wanted to uh, end with this. Um, just three three little things live with integrity not per, not perfection jesus shines so i thought that was a good way to wrap up this podcast um i'll see you guys at uh bible study um hopefully compassion in action on saturday and definitely uh at church on sunday so thank you all for listening and god bless <laughs>